Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm super happy to welcome you to the latest edition of Recipe for Success. And today, my guest is Peggy Hazlock. Close enough, I think. Um, I have it in my head perfectly, but it never comes out of my mouth the same way it is in my head. So, um, for anybody that is new to the series, Recipe for Success is my opportunity to talk to people that I have connected with that I'm interested in over LinkedIn and talk about what their secret to success is because anybody that follows me knows I love to cook and bake and there's always certain ingredients that are required and certain techniques that are required to make a recipe a success. And I really feel it's the same way in business and in life. So I am really thrilled to have Peggy here with me today. She is with the Finity Group. So Peggy, I would like for you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about what the Finity Group is. Okay. Well, um, uh, my name is Peggy Haslack, and I'm a progressively pink planner in that I typically work with professionally licensed women in LGBT. Um, so those are veterinarians. That's my that's my heart. Uh, doctors, pharmacists, attorneys. Um, you know, women who are highly educated and have concentrated on their careers in that professional licensed arena. Um, the Finity Group is a financial planning firm that is part of the Cambridge Investment Research Group. And okay. we are, it's an independent firm. That means we're not tied to any insurance product or investment product. And we dedicate our energy into working with doctors and again licensed healthcare professionals. So right now we're we're dealing with a lot of those doctors who are on the front line dealing with COVID and um, it's been an interesting go of it this year but we've learned so much from our clients so we're really appreciative of that. That's fantastic. Um, so one of the things I know about you, well, first of all, I love your tagline, Progressively Pink. That's just so awesome. But I know you made a pretty big career change a little bit later in life, um, something a lot of people are afraid to do or, you know, uh, would think, oh, it's too late to do this. So tell me what prompted that and a little bit more about, about it. Okay. Well, remember that last downturn we had in 2000? 2008 and 2009. Well, I was working for a company. I was the director of membership services and systems and procedures for a company called the sports club company. It was a high-end fitness company. And during that period of time, we had a lot of our members were in the dot-com field and the mortgage company. So when those industries had their issues, our clubs had those issues. So our company set itself up to be purchased. And if you know anything about venture capital is you streamline down your business and you get rid of your liabilities and you make a good presentation of sales so that the company looks attractive and they say, we want to, we want to buy this company. Well, unfortunately at that time, I'd also been injured on the job and you know, this is along your lines. Um, and California has workers comp, is private so yes, i yes. was yep so I, I had i hurt my shoulder i was 49 years old um i had this op open workers comp case uh and i'm a protected class because i'm lgbt so when they were going through my first job was to 
you know, get rid of everybody and kind of um, consolidate all the departments underneath me. And the last job was consolidating myself right out of a job. <laughs> so I, I came out and I, I was like, okay, what do I want to do now? But one of the things I knew is I wasn't prepared for that transition. And I'd met with a bunch of financial advisors and two things happened. One is they all wanted to talk about, you know, what I needed to do and what I should do. And they were focusing on me and not the fact that I had, a, you know, I was in a very serious relationship with somebody we couldn't be married at the time. Um, California was kind of going back and forth on that one. And so uh, it was, we're going to talk about you. We're not going to talk about your wife. And my wife is a dog trainer. So that was definitely off the table. It, you know, financial advisor did not know how to deal with that planning for a professional dog trainer. It just wasn't in their wheelhouse. So I, I was saying there's got to be a better choice. And I started working with this financial advisor and I was, I need this. I need this. People like me need this. Women who are mature and professional and had a career, they need this guidance. And so I jumped in and decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help people who are like me. That's awesome. Well, you know, you've you've partially answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just because I would like I would like you to talk about this a little bit more because I think it's a, a subject that does not get enough attention. You know, you've chosen to focus on the very different financial planning needs, which you you touched on slightly, of um, both professional women and the LGBT community. So, so for those of us that might not be familiar. Tell me more about what sets your needs and the needs of people in that, those particular groups apart from the general population. Well, I want to make a misconception. Uh, there's a correct a misconception. And that misconception is, is that women's needs are unique and LGBT needs are unique. And I'm saying this because the financial services space is primarily white and primarily male. <laughs> so the and it is was built off of the traditional family. So think of the the old insurance professional back in the day, yeah. you know, so you're planning for the, you know, husband and wife and 1.2 children and the dog. Um, nowadays, the family is so different and the the needs are so different. So it's more focusing on lifestyle planning. And I get this because that's a great way of putting it. I never thought about it that way. And, and here's what women are dealing with. I mean, most of us have not one job. We definitely have at least two jobs. And that means we come home from work for a long day and it's putting food on the table. It's organizing a family. And, and this happens in LGBT too. There's usually, you know, those people who play their roles in a household and you, you, you don't want that, twisted look when you say something like, um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a professional licensed uh, individual who was meeting with a financial advisor and um, she had asked a question about opening up a SEP and her husband turns to her and says, you don't make enough money. And the financial advisor just turned off, you know? And the funny part was is, Yes, she does make enough money. This person actually made much more money than her spouse. Um, professionally licensed, she was making about $20,000 a year. So, yes, she can have a SEP. Um, yeah. And turns out there were other things that needed to be addressed in their in their situation. And it was that they, they were 
headed for a divorce. And that's where they ended up going. Um, uh, yesterday, I was on a call and one of the women got on the call and said, I can't believe it. I just got off of a call with my financial advisor and he told me that I needed to get my husband's permission to make a trade. <laughs> so that's, and it still happens in this industry because we still have, there's a huge gap. There's a very large population in the industry and then there's a, a younger generation coming up that is more open-minded and does work on lifestyle planning and really looks at the whole scope of things. And I got to tell you, that's one of the reasons why I joined Affinity Group because that's what we have at that, that, uh, that organization as well. Most of the advisors are very young and very open-minded about you know, lifestyle and culture and gender equality. And it's been very refreshing to be in that uh, space. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, so you and I hit it off here on LinkedIn because a, we're kind of, it's kind of in the financial employee benefits are associated with financial planning. So I think that's how we maybe initially got connected, but we both love food. We both love fitness. We both love our dogs. Um, so do you think that any of those areas have impacted your success in business and in what you're doing now? Absolutely. Um, fitness and the dogs come into play. Uh, there is a, it's that competitiveness. It is that uh, ability to plan for training, all of that. And it's actually going to where the clients are. 95% of my clients have dogs. A lot of them participate in the sport of agility like I do. Um, there's a sales professional in the Seattle area. I don't know if you know uh, Jen who wrote the book. Jen Mueller who wrote the book Talk Sporty to Me. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I don't know her. Yeah, I, years ago we had a conversation and she was like, I, I think all all conversations, uh, you know, evolve around sports. And I'm like, I think all conversations evolve around dogs. Because I can get into a conversation I'm planning and at the end of the day, somebody will say, hey, can you tell me, do you have a good vet or what type of food do you use or things like that. So it, it, it humanizes the conversation. So it's not just about, you know, money. It's just about really, hey, we all have the same struggles. So let's sit down and roll up our sleeves and work on what we need to do to help you move forward. I, I agree with that. Um, so another thing that um, I know I know about you personally is I know that you're head of the Seattle chapter of the W Source. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about that organization and also how people might get involved with that if they were interested? Absolutely. And you, you talked about how you and I know each other and how I work with other individuals. I have a very strong network of financial professionals that I like to use as a resource for my other clients. And um, that's what the W source is. It's a, a group of professional women who work together to support other professional women. And it evolves around the uh, financial aspect of it. Uh, and so we can elevate each other's practice, work together collaboratively to get something done. I can't do everything. I'm not an attorney. I, am, I don't do insurance in terms of what you do or property casualty. Um, but those are a very, very important part of people's plans. So um, we, I'll, I'll give you the situation that, that doctor I was talking about who made quite a bit of money. 
Um, well, she did go through a divorce. And when you sit down and you're going through a divorce, I helped her with some of the assets she had. But one of the first things she needed to do was get um, her husband's name off the, off the house. So we worked with a uh, mortgage broker who helped her navigate through that. She needed new insurance uh, for her car and for the home. We worked on that. Um, we've done a lot of things. And recently, we, we just put in a 401k for her. So again, the next step would probably be employee benefits. Um, so that's where just working with those resources so that you're continuing on. There's, again, in the financial services, there's kind of one of these things where you don't introduce somebody to another advisor who either does what you do or can do something close to it because then you lose control of the situation. And I'm the other way around. No, I want to bring the best to the table. When I'm talking about, I can do group DI plans, but you can do group plans as well. And you're the expert at it. So uh, that's how we work together to make sure that the client has the right things in place uh, and they're successful. Yeah, I agree with that approach. I've always taken that. I've always been of the opinion is that when you do the right thing for the client, the compensation will follow. So there's no need to, to, you know, keep them, you know, all sequestered away from any other, the other potential. I mean, generally it just expands. Um, you know, I started in benefits when I was, can I even say this when I was 23 years old, you know, I was a very young female in a highly white, older male dominated industry. And I remember the first times I would walk into um, conferences and they would always ask me whose assistant I was. And so I have fought this battle uphill for many years. And I really, I think these last couple of years have been really exciting for me to see, like you say, the next generation coming up and a lot of the stigma and a lot of these preconceived notions being thrown to the side and really everybody's voice being valued and heard in a much uh, much more equal way, I guess I would say. Well, it's, it's, you're listening to the needs yeah. of the people. You're not, a lot of people come into the preconceived notion, okay, I, I find out that you have X amount of employees. Well, my brain comes in and says, okay, I'm going to do a 401k plan, I'm going to do a benefit plan, I'm going to do this, that, that, and that. And the client hasn't even said what they want to do. Yeah. And what they can afford to do. So when oh, I wanted to go back one thing on the W source, how to get how yes. to find yes. out about that. It is the W. So the T H E W, the letter source dot com. And we have chapters in Seattle, California, New York, Texas. I think we're starting one, Texas, Arizona, Atlanta. So if we're beginning to grow uh, these organizations and uh especially with now we're all going virtual, it has become a fantastic resource in dealing with um, clients. I have several clients whose, unfortunately, parents have died lately, and they're all down in California for some reason. So I'm working very closely with some of the chapters down there to help with estate planning needs and CPAs and things along that line. So it's, uh, it's a super resource for women who want to find other professional women to help them get through all this. Awesome. Well, I will, um, I'll be sure and drop the link to that in the comments. So if anybody's looking for it, you can easily access it from there. Okay. So my, I like to wrap up every um, interview with my five burning questions. And I like to always start with what is your absolute favorite food in the world? 
and can you cook it? I know you can cook well, so probably the answer is yes, but I'm really curious as to what it is. I, I actually, my favorite food is Thai food. Oh. And I took a Thai food cooking class, but I still don't feel that skilled at cooking Thai food. Um, but I do, what I did do is when I feel sick or feel like a cold coming on, I'll either go out and get some Tum Yum Guy or I make this killer chili lime soup. Mm. And it's so spicy that I think it just cures what ails you. But I, I have a secret to tell you. Um, since I've gone to the dogs, I actually cook more for my dogs than I cook for myself. So they have a better diet and they get a lot of great dog treats. We do dehydrated meats. These guys have, you know, the smorgasbord of great food each day. So I spend as much time cooking in the kitchen for uh, my my spouse and I, as I do for the dogs. That is funny. I love that. Um, okay. So I already know that you're a lifelong athlete, multiple sports. So what's your favorite sport to play and what's your favorite sport to watch? Actually, it's the same sport. Okay. I am, I love dog agility. Um, and I love it because it is it is a sport, and the athletes are human and dogs, and it has to have perfect communication. And when you see that run come together, it's like a symphony. It's and it is so fun to watch, uh, and so fun to to do it. It can be frustrating when you're out there trying to compete at it, but when you have that great run after practicing for so many weeks and you come out and you lay one down and everybody gets so excited. Uh, it is, it's the high. And the funny part is, is the dogs get just as excited when they did a good run. They, they're strutting. My dog just struts. She struts right out of the, you know, like I did great, didn't I? And it's, uh, it's, it's just so much fun. I love that. Um, if you could magically wave your magic wand and get everyone to do one thing to improve their financial preparedness, what would it be? Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Most women get a lot, there's this confidence about financial questions. And I said, well, that confidence and that intuition is actually an asset. Use it ask a lot of questions about what you want to have happen in your life and see how they answer the question. And if your gut says, Hey, you know, I don't really like the answer. Chances are that might not be the right fit for you. So have the conversation. Don't be afraid. I, I think, I think that that's a, a key for a lot of women, maybe not even just women, maybe people in general. I think people are embarrassed about where they're at now and so they're afraid to ask the questions or to reveal themselves and say, this is where I'm at now and this is where I want to get to. And you're never going to get to where you want to go unless you kind of lay it out there. Right. And COVID is actually a kind of, you know, magnitude that and made, you know, made that be one of those situations because people weren't prepared for this. Well, nobody could be prepared for this. But how do you get out of this? You ask questions and you say, yeah. you know, what advice do you have to get out of this? Uh, and I don't know everything, but again, that's why I have resources around. It's like, I don't, might not have the answer to the question, but let's see if we can find somebody who can help you. Nice. So, um, I always love this question too. Do you have a secret talent or something that people would be surprised to learn about you? Um, it's not a talent, but what I, I have two prosthetic shoulders. Oh, you do? Yes. I Yes, yeah, so I am truly a square peg. 
Or the bionic woman, whichever way you want. Well, they're not really bionic because they actually, they don't, I've got limitations on what I can do. But yeah, I've had uh, two, three shoulder surgeries and both of them, I, I have nice little pieces of metal in both shoulders. So do you set off the detectors when you go through the airport? Um, no, I don't because I have to go through special stuff, but I did set it off in a courthouse once. And that was exciting. <laughs> okay, so final question. Who is the one person that you've either connected with on LinkedIn or follow on LinkedIn, admire, that you would love to meet in real life? Besides you? Oh, besides you. <laughs> you know, it's hard. That was the hardest question of everything to answer because before I, before pandemic, I would meet people on LinkedIn, social media, or go to an event and I say, I really want to talk to that person. And I would go out of my way and, and have uh, uh, to get to have conversations yeah. with people like Lori Jenkins and Mary yep. Yu and Ginny Gilder and Ruchika Talzian and Jonathan Lovitz. These are all people I see on And it was wonderful. So I actually started doing that this past year at the, the my marketing coach is Cheryl Hickerson. She's helped me. And, Cheryl. and she's like, you know, no, no, you go out and you talk to these people. You get out there. So um, Sonia Dreisler, I follow her. I would love to sit down and I say, I'd love to sit down and have a glass of wine with her, Rochelle Robichaudi, uh, Minda Hart. You know, these are people that I'm watching and it would just, I would love to get your perspective and just sit down and uh, talk just like we're doing. <laughs> nice. No, wonderful. Okay. So um, that's everything I had. Are any parting thoughts or pearls of wisdom you want to leave us with today, Peggy? Uh, no, I so appreciated this. This was fun. Um, and I, I look forward to that time we can get together and go for, very a, soon. go for a walk or run with our dogs. 100%. We're okay. doing that. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Peggy. I hope everyone enjoyed um, today's episode of Recipe for Success. If you aren't already, please connect with Peggy. Um, her contact information or her link um, is in is it attached to this post. I will also drop the link to the W source um, so you can um, find out more about them as well. So until next week, everybody, make it a great day. Thank you. Thank you.